So this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker and Meg, why don't you run down what Inside Tracker is and what you can get? Yeah, so Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. With a simple blood test and using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. And the good news for our listeners is for a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash drop in. Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. This is Robbie with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And you're listening to The Drop, our weekly podcast about all things running and the uh, nonsense that goes along with that. So uh, without further ado, let's jump right in. Mm-hmm. Feet first. A lot of feet. No diving into the shallow end here. Yeah, you don't want to dive. You could hurt yourself. Yeah. So speaking of diving, uh, I was going to go into dumpster diving. but all right. yeah, We already <laughs> covered that. <laughs> if kidding. you haven't seen Robbie drink... A, uh, I, I think that was like 20 ounces, 32 ounces, 32 dude. ounces oh, of coconut water that we found on our garbage can in Baltimore city. Just somebody had, for some reason or another, we need to put a on, not in the garbage can. That's a qualifier. Yeah, but it was, it's still a garbage <laughs> can. Just, I already think that coconut water tastes like trash water. So it's, I, yeah, I feel like you need to mix it with, I don't know. I feel like it only goes in a smoothie. It's so gross. I like it. Like, especially when I was doing that thing where we cut out like the, the whole 30. Yeah. That stuff tasted so sweet. There's no sugar in it or anything, but it tasted like that was like candy to me when there's it, no sugar in it. Like natural so. sugars. Maybe yeah. a little tiny bit, but it's, it, it got extremely sweet. And I was like, oh, I love this stuff. It's good for when you're hungover. Yeah. Like for hydrating. Yeah. Um, or just tired of drinking water. <laughs> like, yeah. Let me try something else. You want to escape to the tropical. Yeah. Oasis. Yeah, I felt like I was on vacation because it was cold here in Baltimore. So I feel like we have a new spirit animal for Robbie, though. I think his spirit animal is a raccoon. I like that. People used to call me squirrel. So you've evolved. Oh, yeah. Because I like, think a raccoon is more like more anthropomorphic. Is that the right word? Anthropomorphic. Like I want to say yeah. that they kind of wash their hands. They kind of I attribute human qualities to raccoons yeah. where I don't disclose. And they wear masks, and people still wear masks. Yeah, bandits. So. Yeah, <laughs> they're COVID conscious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm okay with that. If you want to, and it's like Robbie Raccoon. Like I like that. Oh, yeah. should, I think we should make a shirt like with a <laughs> raccoon on it for Robbie's minions. No one's buying that. Oh, I bet you we are. I'm gonna design that one up. Okay, I'm interested. All right, all right, so. What's going on in the running world, in our lives? Why don't we talk about you? How was recovery after the half? Yeah. Oh, what's okay. running after? Um, that was pretty normal. I think I just took two days off and then just start running four or five miles. You hit some trails down in Richmond. Yeah, I w- went to Richmond this past weekend and went with a friend on some trails. I think it was on the like west side of the city, and I was shocked at how many like really good trails they had within the city limits. They have some really nice parks there too. Yeah. I mean, Richmond isn't like a city city. I mean, yeah, but neither is Baltimore and we'd have like zero trails. Inside yeah. Of our city. But I, th- I don't know when I, when I think of Richmond, I wonder what the population, it is. seems more like a kind of suburb with 
Sure. Like a downtown strip. You're right. It is only 226,000 people. Yeah. But in, that's going to go up because a lot of people are moving there. But Baltimore um, only has 575,000. So, I mean, that's it's still a, double. Richmond, though, is a city that could really benefit from. Like, it's the downtown's so cute. Yeah. But it's like vacant and yeah. like run down. It's like if that population did rise and people decided they wanted to move to Richmond with Kira D'Amato. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I should have hit her up. Yeah, you should have. I think there's some cool spots there. She was calling him, and she was like, can Robbie run with me? Yeah, and he's in town. Sure. <laughs> um, can, she, can he run 10-minute pace with me? Um, but there was a, like, they have a lot of cool breweries there and, mm -hmm. like, art stuff. But, yeah, the downtown is, like, or like the strip downtown. Yeah. I don't know what. It'll have there. one cool, really cool shop or restaurant, and you'll be like, ooh, this is really nice. And then you walk next door, and it's, like, <laughs> again, raccoons, like, staring out the it, window it, at yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of cool spots. So anyways, went trail running in the Tectonics. We can talk about that a little bit later. And did like nine miles. It was 70 degrees out that day. So it was amazing. It was just, I mean, the trails were packed with people, but yeah. otherwise. Your one picture, it looked really nice. Like it looked like a soft trail with like there's that. There's tons of bamboo around in that right. picture. Yeah. yeah. It was like one of those places where somebody so it just wasn't let it all run like that. No. Okay. <laughs> but it actually was very scenic because it runs along the, I think it's the James River. And there's this like one area where it's all the rocks are exposed and people just like hang out. It's really cool. I like that. Yeah. People in the Smells bikinis. very strongly of marijuana. Marijuana. The whole time. Is, is Virginia, is that one of the states where it's legal? Isn't it like it's, everywhere I now? I feel like No, but it's I mean like you, can, you can't walk. Like in Baltimore, you we have dispensaries if it's medical, but you can't be like, you know what? Uh, it's lunchtime. I'd like to get some weed. I think it is because I believe my friend said that he would get some for his friend. I can't remember. Uh, on April 8th, Virginia became the first southern state to legalize the possession and use of marijuana oh. by adults. Oh, there you go. But could you go to a store and buy it? Like, do they have stores? I'm pretty sure if that's the case. Yeah. I know D.C. is wide open. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to be. It has to be that way. I don't. I don't understand the marijuana laws at all. I don't think anybody does. No, n nothing makes sense. You just anymore. need to make it. You can better. fly. Mask, mask you, you can fly with it, and nobody cares. Yeah. Like, that's a thing now. It's like remember, like you would be terrified if dogs. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now it's like my buddy who lives in LA said it's just like the whole airport just smells like weed. I don't. You know, that's one smell. I don't mind. Like cigarette smoke definitely bothers me. But yeah. if I'm running through the harbor or whatever and oh, I smell, I'm kind of like, <laughs> somebody's having a good time. Yeah, it really is. Which is always now. Well, I've I, never gone for a run through the harbor. Where I don't. For me, it, that I, you don't not smell it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I know that you're, you don't smoke or do any kind of uh, marijuana use. It's just not for you. But um, do you care if people are doing it? Like, I don't care. I no, like, especially because I'm like, I don't know. I I'm just like, yeah, go smoke your weed, do nothing. And I'm gonna, we'll, we'll I'm gonna rise to the top over here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's like a way that to get ahead. Megan's edge, sick in the head. <laughs> you guys um, enjoy that weed. That's yeah, amazing. I do feel like when we were working with certain clients in certain states, that there was a fog <laughs> that we didn't have that they had. I, I attribute it to like that East Coast drive yeah versus west coast laid back yeah <laughs> but who knows yeah um robbie aren't you training for something uh i think <laughs> i guess technically yes but oh, yeah. also not i have zero plan hat 50k uh yeah hat 50k but you kind of have to train like you can't just go out and do a 50k 
I think well, you, you can. can. It's but it'll it, suck. It will suck. It can like that second loop. That th- well, technically the third loop, but the second big loop. I'm probably gonna I find have, out. <laughs> I've run that race several times, and I'm always like, "This will be the last time I ever run." This I love race. that race. I, I love too. hate that race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've only done it once before, but so it's a hat hat 50k. And it, you don't have to wear a hat while running. It. No, it actually stands for the founders' names. It's yeah, like Hinting Anderson Trail. Yeah, and it's in Susquehanna State Park. It's in. I think it's like. I just need to check my. Oh, it's in like a month. And it's weird because the weather can be <laughs> anything. I kept thinking it was like the middle of January. Still, it's not. Yeah. Um. You're right. Yeah. So it could be seventy degrees. Mm-hmm. It could be thirty and snow. Like. And the problem with seventy degrees is there's no leaves on the trees yet. Right, so, so like if the sun is out and it's a clear day and it's hot, you are just like it was eighty one year we ran it. Yeah, like at the start, it was like eighty five by the end. And then there's been ones where we ran it where it was snowing. Yeah, yeah, freezing. And when you the the thing, so the hot one really sucks. The snowing one sucked because we did it. You go across this field that's just open and you just get blasted. Yeah, you've run it before, right? Yeah, Yeah. and then and then the. Snowing, but then it, when it gets warmer, sucks because it's super muddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the second loop is just like mush. And there's like a creek crossing within the first four miles. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know what else is challenging on that course? Is you know that one long section of road that comes down to mm-hmm. before yeah. you get to that big aid station. Yeah, that is like gravel. So if the weather's been good, it's all kind of smooth and there's no ruts. But if it rains, mm-hmm. it opens up and there's like oh, loose right. rocks and ruts from the the rain. So you don't know if you're getting like, yeah, that's a great thing about trail shoes. And we'll get into Tecton X, which is probably what you're going to wear. But before you either had to go with something nimble and light that mm-hmm. provided no protection on those roads with the rocks, or you went with something like the Hoka uh, ATR, which that was my pick, which was great for pushing protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't very nimble over yep. some of the more technical terrain. Yeah, I mean, I guess the good news is it's a double loop, so if you want to change your shoes mid-race, you can. Yep. I have. I've um, changed socks and shoes. Nice. Yeah, smart. Why not? I mean, it's not like... That's the, the thing. You're taking three minutes, right. four minutes. I'm not going for a time goal yeah. specifically. You're not going for the win? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. I'm not, like, I looked at times, I'm like, there's not even... Like, I can't even come close to No, that I think Caleb ran in, like, 6-minute 53 pace or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't mean the win. I just meant, like, even placing, like, well. I'm, like, plus, I haven't been training for fast, like, marathon type. And thing. I feel but like that not, course, you just got to go out of, and to have fun. Because yeah. you yeah, can be out there all day. Well, that's the only reason I signed up for because, yeah. like, all our friends do it. Yeah. And that the finish is on this, like, hillside that's in the sun, and everybody just, like, drinks beer drinks yeah. and watches the finishers come in, and it's, like, the best time ever. It is. It is, and it's such a satisfying race to finish because it is tough, and then I, I, the, the elevation gain and everything is, is rough, but it, it's rewarding. And they give you, uh, like, the swags really crazy oh, good. it's always good. I still wear the flip-flops I have from, like, five <laughs> years ago, and... It's it's, I cheap. Saw, I it's like those. eighty. I saw that. I think yeah. I finally I think it's like eighty five bucks or something, yeah. and you get tons of stuff. The yeah. food is great. The aid stations are great. Really? They have it is. Uh, it's the only time of year I eat that. One of those Polish um, oh, pierogies. Yeah, pierogies. They're so good. I'll, I'll bang some of those down. Yeah, yeah. flat Coca Cola. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will French say fries. the first time I did it was the first time I learned my lesson about just pounding soda in the middle of a race because it tasted so good, and I was just. Drank like three cups of Mountain Dew. 
I was so <laughs> nauseous for this next three miles. It was it was terrible. My one tip for that race for anybody who runs it is you're going to feel great. You, you do a short loop and then you do your first long loop and you're going to feel great. And you're going to see other people that you're like, I run with that person all the time. They're out there. I can keep up with them, their pace, but they're usually going out too fast. And then it's really that race is all about the the third and last loop. If you do that, if you've run it smart up to then, you can cruise. The only time I've done really well there is when I've, you know, kind of played it easy on the first couple loops and then just yeah. let loose on that third loop. Yeah, I think that's a good plan. All right. So, well, I mean, we'll see. I think I'm going to do, I think I'll do a 10 mile run on Saturday and then maybe like 14 on Sunday morning. Are we going to, are cool. we going to go out to uh, cheer them on? Are we able to go out that weekend and maybe you should come up? I yeah. mean, it's a good time to hang. It's, it's fun. We can bring the camera, maybe bring out the faster bastards flag, <laughs> maybe some sneeze guards. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't remember which mic was mine to turn <laughs> off. That's good. <laughs> There'll be plenty of allergies out in the woods. And the other thing I would recommend for that race is Advil. Make sure you have some Advil with you. Oh, yeah. That's like a race day guarantee. Like, you just always take that race day. For sure. Okay, mm, well. You're going to get some bad news from that when people are going to be like, you shouldn't be taken. Uh, whatever. Oh, is that an, oh, that's like a. Tylenol is a really bad one for your liver, especially if you're going to be drinking later. <laughs> Ty- does it have acetaminophen in it? Tylenol? Yeah. Okay. And then. that's the thing that's really yeah. bad. Advil is the ibuprofen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I take ibuprofen before every race for sure. Do you really? Yeah. And you know what else people used to yell at me about saying that the highly cushioned shoes I wear are going to ruin my form. And, and there's a study that just came out that says <laughs> new research says highly cushioned shoes don't yeah. negatively affect your running biomechanics. That, really? that so was So in Dave, your face, people. That was Dave Ames' big, big thing. He hates Hocus because he's it, like, not, uh, I feel like we get a ton hips. of comments from people. Yeah. Wait. Like, Wait six months and it'll be another another one a saying complete yeah, your leg will fall off. <laughs> well, for now, I'm gonna just live into this one. That's runner's world business model. They just find two <laughs> different two flip flop every six months and then add articles. in something about some ludicrous social, you know, yeah, <laughs> thing that we don't need to put a stance on. Like bears, bears should be able to eat out of dumpsters. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> they should be though. Raccoons should I, always I don't be think you tell not bears what to do. <laughs> I think they tell you. They what. make the rules. Yeah. Uh, um, what else is uh, okay? So you're good with the super shoes. You're gonna survive. Yeah, and I, I honestly think that's how I've been able to recover pretty quickly from these marathons. Because I do done think that's why three some in the past six people months. are saying that the shoes are breaking the records, and I'm gonna say it's not the shoes; it's the way that you're able to train with the shoes that is making the difference like you're recovering faster Mm -hmm. your legs are feeling fresher you're able to do harder workouts so i don't know that it's like on race day all of a sudden you have this huge advantage because you're wearing you know these foam plated shoes i think it's 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 build up of everything been able to train harder because you can recover quicker yeah so you get a better performance that's our take robbie you can take that to the Mm -hmm. bank uh, I, I'll take that, but I ran in the Allbirds Tree Dasher 2 today, and that was the complete opposite of what you're talking about. I ran in the Fast R this morning, and I'm I'm writing up my full review right now, but it's not a bad shoe. I, I would hope. I hope not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> There's going to be some tweaks to it from the version she had. Though. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know if we want to talk about that now. No, yeah. we can wait. We can wait. 
You know what we could talk about, though? Hmm. The Hoka Tectonic. Tectonic. Right there. Wait, I wanted to actually, before we get to that, injury report on Thomas. Are, are, I mean, are, I, I are ran. You good? You, I don't know. I don't know. I ran. Um, I've been running through it. And the I, foot thing. Yeah. Is it, is it still there? Because uh, you seem to. Do you want to tell everyone what you did on Saturday <laughs> yeah. or Sunday? Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that. So I've been running on it and it's been feeling not. I, I kind of scaled back some of the mileage and it hasn't been feeling a lot better, but it hasn't been feeling worse. It's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sunday, Megan and I go for a run, an eight-mile run or so. I forget. But we're, we're at the furthest part. We're at the skate park over by the harbor. Yeah. And there's a metal slide, and it's wet. Like on a playground. Like yeah. a playground. Yeah. And You're I, a big kid at heart. Yeah, I climb up there. I get in. Well, it was very important. We were making a reel. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I shoot down the slide, and I'm like, holy crap, I'm going fast. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's wet metal, and I'm just like, it was almost like a water slide. Like, I was going that fast, yeah. like, where you're just shooting. And um, I would have been fine, except for at the bottom of the slide, it was almost like a bowl, like where, I guess, people land, and so it just kept digging a hole. Uh-huh. So when I shot out, and I, I don't know how fast I was going, but all my weight's behind me. And luckily for me, my legs bent, because if it had been the other way, I probably would have... Yeah. Like shot a leg out of the socket. Yeah, but Mortal I, Kombat style. Yeah, <laughs> you've been finished. Fatality. <laughs> um, I, I hit that side and I hyperextended my knee and popped back, and I was like, "F." So Megan, it's funny because you made a reel from it and it looks awesome. Yeah, but you cut off the part where <laughs> you destroyed hurts. yourself. We'll have to just publish. But that. I have the full video yeah. and I watched it probably seven thousand times on Sunday. I mean, at this point. Danny Orr seen it, Ben's seen it, you've seen it, Jared's seen it. It doesn't look, it looks terrible. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. (laughs) So I'm not even sure. We're five miles from the house. I'm I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to run home. Like, I don't know if my leg's going to work because I'm kind of rolling around in the dirt. And it's like snowing and cold and not ideal. Yeah, and you don't want to be stuck five miles from your house in these conditions. Like, for Meg to run back the fastest possible way probably would have been three miles. Yeah, and it would have. Yeah, and then I have to get the car, which would have taken longer to drive back. Yeah, and then drive. So I would have been out there for like an hour. So I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of like it's starting to feel a little better. I start walking around. I'm like, doesn't feel great, but I think I can run home. So we ran home, and I was like, this is the best my foot's felt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe I fixed my foot by hyperextending my knee. You know that that theory where like you can only feel one pain at a time. That's what I, I said yesterday. Yeah. It's like when I punch you in their arm, it feels better. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep punching myself in the head <laughs> and running all, all, the, all the miles. But um, so anyway, before that it all happened, I had contacted our friend Ben, who is a PT that Robbie runs with sometimes. And he's a.k.a. fast Ben. Like that kid is fast. Mm-hmm. Like Ben is like a sneaky fast person in Baltimore because you don't see him. Yeah, he finished like, 10th in the Baltimore Marathon. Yeah. You don't see him like up there with Jeremy and, and stuff like that. But. Like as far as just a fast dude, he's 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 fast. Anyway, he's also a PT, so he's fast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, is there another adjective? You're a writer. <laughs> Speedy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so he came over last night and we did some stuff. And he doesn't think there's a stretch fracture. He says my foot's not responding in the way that a stretch fracture That's would. That's good. Which was good. So he gave me some exercises to do. 
Um, I'm one of those people that if you give me that stuff, I'll do it. Like, it's not like I'll yeah. be like throw that out and just you'll do it until you feel better then you'll throw it out probably yeah (laughs) but i mean some of the stuff is like easy stuff to do before you warm up for a run so it's not that bad um so we met with him and then i was i was gonna get up for the speed workout this morning and i just was like "I, i think i need a day of rest and so i didn't go out and do my speed workout this morning which put me in a bad mood Oh, but really? Yeah. You should be excited that you didn't have to run. Today. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm like, do I fit it in later today? Do I just let it slide by? I mean, you're not like really training for something right now. right? I, I want to do well at, at Shamrock 5k. Yeah. Just do it tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> probably. All right, whatever. But I yeah. don't think you need to get bent out of shape. Well, that. you get like, it's a, it's a landslide for me. It's like, okay, you didn't run today. That it compiles other stuff that, you know, okay, mentally, you know, just uh, a few things and it just like falls into one. You're a loser. No, <laughs> kind of. I mean, <laughs> kind of fair. fair. So, yeah. One skips one workout and like the I'm whole done. world I'm, is I, yeah, imploding. I won't get on the scale. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, yeah, I, I, I think that, yeah, it just bummed me out. So. But the nice thing is now I got some exercises. It's probably not a stress fracture, according to Ben, who I trust. I mean, he's he's a, he's a learned guy. learned man. Does your doctor. knee still yeah. hurt? Um, my that's the reason I didn't want to do the workout this morning when I woke up was I feel like my knee is unstable, and I kind of wanted to give it another day to kind of like sort itself out. But it was weird because I haven't been feeling any pain in my foot and at this morning when I woke up. There, it also was like... Oh, the foot also I, hurt? I just feel like right now I'm a little beat up and I just need yeah. to take a... Yeah, just chill. Take a chill pill. Are you going to be like have a bunch of braces on you while you're running? No, like, I won't. Like KT compression, tape everywhere? Compression yeah, socks? no, <laughs> won't do that. But um, yeah, no, it's... That's the thing. It's like, you know, I, I look at it as far as, you know, time-wise. And, you know, I want to be able to do certain things. And every day counts. Yeah, true. I feel you. So let's talk about the Tecton X. Now, Robbie, have we had good experiences with Hoka this year? Uh, No, it's been a swing and a miss. They're batting 0. 0.000. It's so funny far. because I've seen some other reviewers having some really positive things to say about the lineup. Uh, What's their track record on lying? <laughs> Um, I don't know, but uh, and put then a, also put them on a stand, see what happens. People Ooh, call lie detector. people calling the Carbon X three their the speed shoe. No one said that. Yeah, they did. I don't want to name names, right. but I'll <laughs> I'll show you. They calling it a speed shoe. Okay, and I'm like, eh. nobody's called Carbon X the Carbon X a speed shoe since the first version on only because it was carbon plated. Ever since then, everyone's like, eh, it's pretty much a daily trainer. I mean, that's what it gets used for. Nobody's lining up right. to races being like, this is my Vaporfly replacement. Unless it's a PR stunt for Hoka. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's been a swing and a miss for the Kiwana, the Supersonic. Uh, the Kiwana was a big whiff. Carbon oh. X3 was an upper miss. And they said it was new foam. It Like like when we were talking, we watched, an, again, another review site that's not really a review site because they sell shoes. Uh, and they were talking and they were like, 
It's got the new foam, just like they were talking about the. Yeah, I mean, you could say it has a new foam. The Mach but Supersonic it feels the same. Yeah. Um, and then so the Supersonic we thought was going to be cool because it had a super critical midsole. You know, it did feel in hand a little bit different. Yeah. And then it just felt like a block of wood on foot. So the Tecton X. We weren't expecting much. Right. I mean, we were originally, but oh, then yeah. after, after trying, after the other trying some other shoes, we were a little skeptical. And then uh, we, I took it out for, I did an 11-mile run in the snow, which not great in the snow. There's The lugs are very shallow. Um, and it's like has an exposed outsole. Can you show that, Thomas? Let me show For those of you watching on the video, Bobby, um, here you go. Pull that, yeah, pull that so a little closer to the camera. It has Vibram. This, if you're watching on YouTube, it has this exposed outsole kind of in the middle. So it's not great for like snowy conditions. Like I took it in um, and smaller lugs, but the, I took it out for a trail run on Saturday. Like I was just talking about, and it was a mix of road and trail. And you've also worn this just on the road. Haven't you? Uh, well, like just for like, a run short run, but mostly this Past weekend was, I'd say like twenty five percent road. Okay, and uh, and it turns out like it. I think it's the best Hoka road shoe. <laughs> <laughs> so should Hoka just put out a version with no lugs on the bottom, but with maybe yeah. a smooth Vibram? Yeah. All right. Like honestly, if uh, we Hoka hire Robbie, he's going to come. He's going to turn your Tecton X into the best road mm-hmm. shoe this year. Yeah, so honest, and, and there were some, we've heard of some Hoka athletes who said that they might be using this for road races. And it makes sense if you've tried their other shoes. I mean, the only thing that you have is the Rocket, mm-hmm. the Rincon, which I would use. Of of the road shoes, yeah. the Rincon 3 is my favorite. I'd say, the, I'd say the Rincon or this would be a good, would be their best road shoe. Wait, are you saying, when you say road shoe, like, are we talking racing a marathon? Yeah, fifty k's. Yeah, I would. I would honestly. I would probably take that over. Yeah, the Carbon X, the Rock, maybe even the Rocket X. Oh, there's I, definitely over the Rocket. I don't even like the Rocket X. Yeah, I I would probably compare the Rocket X more to, uh, like that third tier of we yeah. tried a carbon plate. I can. It doesn't even feel like a trail shoe when it's on the roads because the lugs are pretty smooth, sh- shallow and smooth. Um, and then on the trails, I, I would say on super technical trails. Probably not the best option because it's just there's not a lot underfoot. And the carbon plates, it has dual carbon plates that like run side by side. And so they can. So they're not connected at all. Is right. it kind of like the H one that the yeah, sketches yeah, have? even. It's like they float side by side. Hmm. Um, so I'm not sure. Like on the road, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's still pretty right. firm. Uh, on the road, it's nice. On the trail, it's a little. Like Taylor and Alex thought it was a little. If you hit rocks and roots, a little can throw you off. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just got to say, yeah, it's. I mean, it's two hundred dollars, which is at the Whoa. higher end of things for Hoka. Throw a plate in it. Yeah. Right. Um. Uh, but I was Hoka like, raised all their prices, didn't they? Yeah. I. Th- uh, I think that. I think everyone is. Okay. But. I would say if I don't, I literally cannot figure out how Hoka didn't take that midsole and put it on a road shoe. That's all you need to do. It's the inverse of the Mach Supersonic. So the Mach Supersonic has a super critical foam close to your foot and the traditional EVA 
underneath of that. Mm-hmm. And this one flips that, right. has the softer EVA foam close to your foot. Yeah. Puts a super critical. So right there, it's surprising to me that, okay, somebody tried it. Right. They, they, whoever's tested these shoes and putting these shoes together, somebody wore this and was like, you know what? This works better than that. Yeah. Like the, why wouldn't you possibly just make them both the better? I don't know. It's shocking to me. Better way. But the, the only issue I had really was with the upper, which is, seems nice on, like when you look at it, it's, it's kind of weird. Like I, it looks like you, gr- you did what I would have to do, which is tighten up that. That's throat. actually, that's actually Brandon's shoe. Mine. I did the heel lock lacing and then I like, I did. I, I t- retied it probably three or four times during my run because mm. I could not get, get it. The fit. right fit. And like my foot fell asleep. So I had to unloosen it. And then it was like messing with the heel lock lacing. I just couldn't get like a really nice, you can see how the toe box on the shoe is yeah. a little bit wider as well. Which Hoka's always had a problem with before. Their toe boxes are usually way too narrow. But, and it feels just like a little bit long, like a little clown shoe-ish. Mm. So that was like the only thing I had personally. I have a narrow foot too. So I, of all the Hoka shoes, I would say the Rincon is probably my favorite right now. Would yeah. you say that's yours? I mean, yeah, I would say, I would say that's probably my favorite Hoka, but I would say the detecton comes pretty close to being okay like that on the roads now oh wow that's what i mean like on the road i think it's close to the ring con and then megan you love the bondi x i do you're still i still pick that one out and wear it every once in a while i don't i don't know why i can't really explain it it. i just it's super max kush you love max kush but it's and it's a little firmer so i feel like you don't like mush into it as much so i don't know i just really like it but the Tecton is also like pretty pretty light too. I think it's like nine, nine ounces for men's night or something. Yeah. I was just looking at the, because I was like, what did the Hoka NAZ Elite athletes wear it at Houston? And I was thinking of Scott Fobble and Rory Linkletter, and then I totally forgot they're no longer oh, they're on not, the team. But are they, wear, it, they're still wearing Hokas, right? No. Rory wore Next Percent really? 2 and Fobble wore Alpha Fly. According, this is according to Let's Run. I just I mean, went on here. Pro- they're probably right. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And they both did well, right? They both PR'd. You know, what's interesting is we didn't talk about this. Like, we said, okay, this, these shoes aren't quite up to, like, what we're expecting from Hoka. You got to wonder, and we're not involved with the athletes, so this all would be speculation. Mm-hmm. But you got to be like, if I'm on a pro team and I'm at a certain point in my career and I'm like, where's the shoe you promised that or, we would ha- have i don't even know if they who knows if they even promised i'm sure all of them when they talk to these teams and they're signing people yeah. they're like we will have we're working on a vapor fly we're working on an alpha fly competitor i'm sh- i'm sure that's in everybody's yeah um you know i've heard that the next year or two might be not good for hoka still but i think beyond that it could be better so it's, it's you know I th- all these guys take Peaks and valleys, and yeah. right now Hoka probably doesn't care as much because the They're nurses and the printing money casual people are like loving these shoes. Like if you go to the airport, I mean I, the new dad shoe is anything from Merrill, like hiking collection, <laughs> yeah. and like it used to be like you, you would go with Columbia, like the, Merrill, yeah. the Nike Monarch, but now it's like I see those brown hiking shoes and Hoka's. It's well, Hoka or on, yeah. Yeah, and the Hoka Clifton and Bondi are still going to be your cushiest, like, most comfortable shoes for a lot of people. True. Yeah. Until they just, try them more. 
she well, but but Hoka's sort of known for that. Yeah, and they're um, the young kids like the uh, chunky boy style. That, that too, it's like mm-hmm. covers they cover all the bases. So if you're if you have that kind of revenue coming in from all corners, like what do you really care about the ra- uh, you know yeah. the racing shoe? I don't know. You know, but it is interesting to watch when that stuff dies out. How the companies come back to yeah the roots, and they could have been slow to move. I mean, it's like. Think about it. Think about how much they were expanding and growing over the last four years. There's got to be a lot of focus on just hiring and, mm. you know, just producing uh, producing shoes as far as, and then the innovation might come behind it a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. You would think these companies, and I, I, don't, I don't, I have no idea, but I would think there's like foam salesmen coming from 3M and from all these different, you know, manufacturers of chemical yeah. composite that they would have people coming to them and saying, hey, this is what we think is next. I yeah. mean, you know that the boost material went to Nike first. Right. Nike turned it down. Everyone turned it down. Yeah, and Adidas picked it up. Yeah. And uh, we all know that story worked out well for Adidas. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be the same way. Like, And for me, like Hoka, as big as it is now, and what the revenue they're making, I can't imagine these chemical companies aren't going to them and saying, yeah, let's try the this. the next cushioning yeah. thing. Uh, it was funny when I was in Richmond, we took our kids to the playground and there was like, it was cold out. So there was only one other as a, some grandparents and their kids and the grandparents were wearing ons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, but those aren't, those aren't comfortable. You don't know that. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Actually, what's the funny the is that. The difference is the Hoka, I think, is at least comfortable to w- walk around. What's funny it. is that I was wearing on too. <laughs> 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 Actually, you know what? The, I think it's the cloud stratus. Yeah. You like the look of that one. I love the look, and actually, as a walking shoe, it's it's not bad. It's pretty comfortable. Right. But, like, if you're going to compare it to a Decker's X lab shoe. Right. Yeah, totally different. Yeah. But, I mean, and that, that again, we will say that's another division of, or is Hoka a division of Decker's X? I don't know. I know they're all under Decker's. Yeah. yeah. But the Decker's X lab stuff is still that if you want yeah, the best comfy walking around. As a matter of fact, when Ben came over last night, he came over in his uh, okay. Decker's X boots, and he said his entire family now has Decker's yeah. X. It's it spreads like wildfire once you experience it. Yeah, my Are, whole family's in them. Yeah, same. Or some of my family. <laughs> I feel like I'm at a confessional. Um, anyways, so is that it? Let's just talk about your guy. Uh, you interviewed. Kirk Christensen this week. Yeah, we kirked out with Kirk. Oh yeah, I liked it. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk. Yeah, I have a long relationship with Gore-Tex, like as long as I can remember. When it was time to get a jacket or to get a piece of equipment for skiing for anything, you know, uh, my dad was like looking for that Gore-Tex label, and that was like for me that was a sign of quality growing yeah. up. Yeah, I think growing up, my family. Uh, most of the stuff I got was Portex. <laughs> um, <it was laughs> a lot of garbage bags. Yeah. A lot of garbage bag ponchos. Wa- waterproof, not breathable. We put newspaper bags over our feet for boots. Um, yeah. <laughs> that actually did happen. Um, for real? Yeah, as like boot liners. Like, you know, had newspapers come in the plastic bags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you put your foot in the plastic bag and then put it in your boot? Yeah. That's pretty good. It worked. Yeah. I mean, I hated it. Cause it's so it feels weird. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Old plastic bag, Robbie. <laughs> Searching for that free water on top of garbage. Robbie can. Raccoon <laughs> does, has a much better ring than plastic bag, Robbie. All right. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but no, Gore-Tex, but now that I've actually experienced Gore-Tex, pretty great stuff. Right? No more newspaper bags, luckily, for you because there's not many newspapers out there. Yeah, man, I've been searching for uh, boot boot liners all winter long. They stopped delivering that cheap free <laughs> newspaper to the neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> all righty. Anything right. else? I think that's it. Let's roll. All right. All right, first weekly check-in. Check your hands here. Are they clenched up into tight balls or are they loose and you're feeling loose? Check your shoulders, let those loose. Relax into this run. Just have fun. Doesn't matter if you got speed work coming up or it's just an easy run. Try to relax the shoulders, let your arms swing, open up those hands and release some tension. Okay, so today on the show we have Kurt Christensen, and he is with Gore-Tex, or also WL Gore & Associates. He's been there for 19 years and is an innovation leader in footwear. So, Kurt, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to jump in even before we get started. Go for it. I might be, I might be getting Here we go. Uh, crazy off the bat, but <laughs> like water, like we're going to talk about waterproof membranes that Gore-Tex puts in pretty much across the board a lot of the brands use yep. use the Gore-Tex membrane to create that waterproof breathable uh what do you call it booty inside the shoe how does it how's it so it depends on the technology we'll talk about that right. but let's just say yes we provide we we integrate uh waterproof protection inside the footwear how we do it a couple different ways i'm going to talk about and specifically what we've done with the runner in mind which is pretty disruptive totally different way of approaching right. it so we'll talk that that's my teaser okay. all right and with that teaser like i, I want to say that I, I actually did a tour of the gore-tex facility in, in, up in elkton maryland um years ago so it had to be like almost 10 years ago i'm guessing some things are the same and some things have changed yes. so i'm excited to hear some things have changed absolutely yep. yeah you can change my perception on some of this stuff so let's uh let's get rolling yeah. Actually, you know what I want to ask right off the bat? Where does the name Gore-Tex come from? Because it seems, I'm guessing it's a last name of somebody, but what's the text from? Textile. Of, of the founder. So so Bill and Vive Gore um, were the founders. So we're still a privately held company, family oh, owned. Okay. Actually associate owned. So we all are owners of this company. Um, and yeah, so yeah, the company is W.L. Gore uh, because we actually are involved in a variety of different application so elixir uh, guitar strings glide dental floss uh, the cables on the mars rover um, um, stents uh, within the body med various medical devices soil sampling i've named a whole bunch automobile vents whatever I've, I've said a bunch of stuff yet i never said gore-tex right? right that's all the other stuff we're involved yeah. with and i could keep going through a whole list but within the consumer world, when it comes to like outerwear, like jackets or pants or footwear, 
Um, that's the Gore-Tex uh, brand name we, we go by. Okay. And that's I've it. even had to, like, we, when we get a different product like the Windstopper or something like that, it's not, not all the same. So I guess we'll, we'll get into some of that. But Exactly. You know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. You know your stuff. Oh, I, you know your stuff. I, it's pretty cool. I grew I'm up. To this. My my dad. If you wanted to buy a jacket when I was a kid, if it didn't have Gore-Tex in it, he wouldn't let us. Like he's <laughs> like, now you that's you can't get that. That's because awesome. uh, that was the thing. And then Windstopper came along. I would say closer to, and you can correct me. That was closer to two thousands, and and um, yeah, like it's much mm-hmm. later product, mm-hmm. not as waterproof, but still windproof and uh, breathable. So. Versus, yeah, it's an awesome. I, I love Windstopper because in the wintertime, maybe you just want to stay warmer, you don't want the big bulky coat. And all you need, all, what it does is it cuts out the, the wind chill factor. And we'll talk about it in footwear because even when we get into running, sometimes it's not about the wet protection, it's about the cold protection. And we know what that can be like with that wind chill ripping through the open mesh shoes and freezing your toes and the rest. Yeah. So, how do you slow that down? Well, right. Yeah. So let's talk about where how you got started with Gore and kind of your background, where you're from, how you got into this whole world, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it began when I was born. I just <laughs> all right. Um, skip ahead. No, uh, yeah, yeah, skip that part. Fast <laughs> forward. Fast forward. Uh, no. Why did I join Gore? I tell you, I've been with Gore, like you said, 19 years, which is crazy mm. for me to think about that because I. Um, I get bored really quick, so I want to jump to the next thing and work on the next thing and the next thing. And that was my career before Gore. Um, but what's neat about this company and why I joined it is you do have that freedom to explore new things and to push the envelope on different things. And it's been a company where, frankly, I haven't been bored. And so when something's accomplished, you move to the next thing and to the next thing. And I love to disrupt. I love to challenge and ask why. And yes, that was great then, but is it still great now? And what would make it great now? And so it's an environment that encourages that sort of behavior. If you can be a, what we call a passionate champion, then you gain followership and then you can start to pursue your ideas. So you don't have that, we call it that hierarchy, which says, no, no, you don't do that. Stay in your lane, do this. That's all you're going to do. You have that freedom to explore some of these things. And Frankly, it's kept me going. That's cool. So what did you do before? You said you like to kind of jump jump around from thing to thing or different had different interests. So what interests led you to working there? Or what did you do before this? So, yeah, so prior to Gore, um, I was a consultant more in process improvement and IT, actually. Oh, wow, okay. Um, this goes back a ways. And that was a successful career. I actually had my own consulting company, actually, at one point. And... Um, I decided to quote unquote get a real job, <laughs> and um, for an established company, right? And and actually, it, within my career at Gore, I've done a variety of different things, um, ranging from supply chain to IT. Uh, but I've actually settled in the footwear business for like the last, I'd say, 10, 12 years okay. uh, within footwear. Um, and then the role that I'm in right now, which I've been in for quite some time, it's called a product specialist role. And that's, a, for me at least, it's a really cool role because you're not limited to one thing. As a product specialist, think of it almost, I'm a small business owner. And so I'm the small business owner, if you will, um, of Gore-Tex in the running footwear, and athletic footwear. And so that means I work with our R&D people. I work with our sales people, our marketing people, uh, with finance. 
and help to get, uh, define a, an overall business plan. Um, understanding the market, understanding the retailers, understanding the brand partners we work with, because we work with oh, yeah. pretty much almost all the running brands in the world. Sure. And so getting their perspectives as well. And so my job is to kind of pull all that together, right? Where are the brands going? What do the consumers want? What does the runner want? Um, not just the elite runner, but the everyday runner or the beginner runner. Mm-hmm. What are they looking for? And is talking with them, is talking with retailers, what are they hearing? And then saying, okay, what can we do better? Where can we improve? How do we meet the needs of the runners better? Gotcha. Um, and whether it's the U.S., it could be in Europe, it could be in Japan, it could be in China. I mean, it's not just limited to one state or one region. It's global that I look at. Yeah, so you talked about reaching out to runners or stores and stuff like that. And I think that a lot of people wonder how companies like Gore-Tex or even shoe companies sometimes uh, find get feedback or find runners that test stuff and get back to them. So how's that whole process work? There's a lot there. Um, <laughs> a lot of different ways to get feedback. Um, and you actually just mentioned a lot of them. So obviously, so uh, we do consumer events where we can directly engage with consumers. We do surveys. Uh, we do focus groups. Um, we have uh, associates who work directly with retailers on a day-to-day basis. They give us feedback. Uh, we talk with brands. We view our brands as our brand partners. So Nike or Asics or Brooks or Saucony, you know, keep going mm-hmm. down the list. They're just not customers. They're brand partners. And why is that important? It's because we want to hear from them. What do they value? What do they need? Where are they trying to go? And and how can we help them? Um, because you would expect what Nike wants versus what an Asics wants. Yeah, there's overlap. But there's some unique things that they're trying to accomplish, right? So how can we support them? Um, and then even beyond that is just, um, it could be uh, larger events where we connect. For a period of time, we were sponsoring um, uh, marathons and other races. Trans-Rockies. Great opportunity to connect with Transrocky, yeah. also the Philadelphia Marathon. Yeah. Okay. And if We did that for three I, And I'm going to give a little shout out. She's probably not listening, but probably one of my favorite Gore employees of all time was Cynthia Mon. And, uh, I knew you were going to say I, that. I mean, yep. yeah, she was just awesome. Like it, she was probably as we were coming up as believe in the run when there was nobody talking to us, Cynthia was still talking to us and got us out to North face and different things. One of the things I want to talk about when Robbie just asked that question about being a brand partner and not just selling a product that gets added into a shoe. I know that Gore spends a lot of time innovating with the brand. So it's not like, you give a booty and it gets stuck inside of a shoe that they've designed. You're actually a part of the design process. It's built into the shoe as you're developing the upper and then tested at Gore to make sure that it meets the specifications like the little flex groove uh, machine that made the toe fold over all the time. How involved are you in some of our favorite shoes? Like when we take a look at something like the peg trail that's got Gore-Tex or an A6 shoe that's got Gore-Tex, how does that they come to you with a, uh, I'm guessing like a, a flat uh, upper or something, and it starts there. How does that process work? Yeah, it's a good question. Actually, that that kind of kicks off where we're going with running. In that, in the world of running, good. Okay, take a step back. Take a bigger right, step back. Here we go. If we look at Gore-Tex and footwear, um, you mentioned earlier we're in a variety of different end uses. So it could be alpining, it could be hiking, backpacking. It might be casual wear. Um, it, it might be um, in kids' footwear, in Europe as another example. 
where I tend to focus is more in the athletic space. And in the, in the athletic space, the way we tend to work, the business model 99% of the time is you take an existing style like the Nike Pegasus. That wasn't a, right, we didn't just make up that new style with Gore-Tex, right? There was an, already a Nike Peg, or there's already an Asics Cumulus, or there's already a Brooks Ghost. Um, runners like the styles they run in. We know that, right? Typically, you become very brand loyal, maybe even style loyal. And so when we um, add Gore-Tex to that shoe, the challenge is we still want it to be a Nike Pegasus. We still want it to be a Brooks Ghost, that sort of thing. Um, and so when we work with the brands, it's really that conversation of how do we provide that additional protection that, that Gore-Tex provides without compromising the fit and comfort of that running shoe before we added Gore-Tex to it. And if you look at the evolution of where we've been with Gore-Tex, there's been some significant disruptive changes or things we've done here that I can talk about today, which is really exciting. But fundamentally, what we're trying to do is take that same running shoe, but make it better. Add some tech to it, right? Add some more technology to that shoe. Um, Think about the cushioning. Cushioning is always a big tech piece within a shoe if that's changed over time, right? Mm -hmm. um, it could be lacing, could be the visibility with high vis. It's all about making a better run for you, a better experience for you. I look at Gore-Tex as the same thing. How do we improve your experience as a runner? Can you stay out there longer? Can you become less distracted by um, stuff in the sky, stuff on the ground, right? Um, can you decide, you know, I'm going to take this path today. I'm not going to avoid that puddle on the ground. I'm not going to avoid that mud or that wet grass. I'm just going to keep doing my run. And so it really gives you that freedom to do, to focus on your run and not on the weather, right? And that's, that's a whole mantra that I live by is how do we, um, improve the performance or enhance the performance of the athlete, of the runner. And I think if, if you put on shoes and go outside, you're a runner. I mean, I, I don't differentiate if you're you know, hit yeah. this time or whatever, or you're just trying for the first time. You're a runner. Second check-in. Your shoulders still relaxed? Your body moving forward? Pick up your gaze. Look forward. Loosen up that stride. Just feel the flow, and let's go. When we hear about Gore-Tex, it's usually, especially in the shoe realm, we're talking about waterproof technologies. And as you said, that's evolved over time. Tell us where it's at right now as far as what Gore-Tex can do for running shoes. Because, you know, obviously, like you said, if you're going out on a run in the wintertime when there's snow and slush or maybe through some mud when it's starting to become spring here in a couple months, uh, it's it can make a difference between a, a really crappy run or a nice run if your feet are dry. Absolutely, yeah. So when we talk about Gore-Tex, it's more than just it's waterproof, right? Because that's a, that's a generic thing we can say. Well, a trash bag is waterproof. I think right? that a lot of runners, when they see the, the Gore-Tex on a shoe, are like, oh, it's a waterproof shoe. So what, yeah, so beyond that, what, is, yeah, what does what, that mean? What more yeah. is it? Right, exactly. And I'd say there's... There's, there's three major value propositions there, are three major areas that can help ex the experience with the runner. Y yes, you start with the waterproof aspect. So for sure, 
keeping the water out of the shoe. Um, now, when we talk about that, here's people tend to think, oh, heavy rain. Well, I'm not going to run in heavy rain. And most, <laughs> actually, around 10% of runners globally run in heavy rain. If you're one of them, we are. good job. <laughs> keep it up. Right. Awesome. But a lot of people don't, right? Because it's it's so most people run in lighter rain, or they run when the snow's melting, or there's wet grass, or there's um, wet leaves, or maybe puddles in their way, that type of thing. And that's just as bad, right? Because you know, an open mesh shoe, you run through some grass, you're feeling mm-hmm. it, you're feeling it. Um, your your feet are now wet. You've increased the weight of that shoe, that sort of thing. So that's the waterproof piece. It's not just for the heavy rain; it's for all types of conditions out there. And then secondly, I mentioned this earlier, the windproof piece of it, that is, a lot of people don't know about that, but that does matter, especially in certain parts of the country, right? If you're in northern Michigan or if you're in Massachusetts, um, you do feel that that uh, winter wind, right? And that can rip right through that shoe. And, and if you want to use that shoe later on in the spring, it might be perfect in the spring where it's nicer out, but it's not so perfect in the wintertime with the cold. So what does this do? This actually stops the wind chill from getting inside your shoe. Um, and so you maintain a more comfortable environment. But then you're gonna say, but am I gonna get hot in the shoes? And that's the idea here that the third part is when you have excess sweat or heat inside your shoe that it builds up, how do we improve what we call breathability? Get rid of that excess heat and sweat. Don't make it a freaking cold shoe, um, but get rid of that excess heat and sweat so that, again, you're more comfortable again. So we call that waterproof, windproof, and then climate comfort. Those are the three major benefits. And again, you don't have to be an elite runner. You don't have to be running through you know, puddles your entire time. It's just trying to get rid of all those um, no's, right? No, you can't run today. No, it's too cold. No, it's too wet. No, it's too whatever. It's getting rid of those barriers or excuses not to be outside and enjoy the run. Yeah, and to and to dumb it to dumb it down for for the audience, if you're not familiar with Gore-Tex, it's it's a one way membrane. So you have a waterproof component. So when water's hitting the membrane, it won't penetrate it. But the, when he's talking about the sweat and the heat escaping, it has micropores that will let it let it escape from one side is that is that a good description yeah exactly and the, the way i like to describe it is think of the membrane if we could zoom in think of it almost as like a chain link fence okay and then at the microscopic level a water droplet is like the size of a soccer ball and so let's say you're outside that fence you throw the soccer ball at the chain link fence it bounces away mm-hmm. water can't get in now think about the sweat vapor and the same relative size, they're about the size of marbles. So now you can just throw marbles and they actually can pass through that chain link fence on the other side. So that's the idea. There are billions of microscopic pores, which are big enough for sweat to get out, but small enough that water can't get in. All right. And I, I want to ask two. So there's a lot of technology behind that. Two questions that I think that we get from our the people that read our reviews and talk, when we talk about uh, Gore-Tex shoes. First off, People are trying to get away uh, using Gore-Tex obviously increases the price of the shoe. Uh, so people try to get away with other products or a D- what do you call it? The DP? What do you call it when you just spray the stuff? Oh, on? Uh, DWR. Yeah, DWR. Uh, DWRs, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and even I know sometimes on a if a Gore-Tex jacket they have, the lining has Gore-Tex, they'll sometimes put a, the DPR on the outside of the jacket so it still beads up. But... Um, 
I'm losing my train of thought here. <laughs> um, anyway, so they'll try to use uh, another product. And I know that Gore-Tex had a patent for several years and that went off. So there are probably some products that are competitors of yours, but Gore-Tex still has what I would call the Xerox, the, um, the, name. the name recognition, Band-Aid, you know, when you talk, think about water. Yeah, Q-tip, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was one I wanted to ask about one question and how you protect that that reputation. And then two, the one of the things that is, I, I feel like, I like how we talk about like Michigan being really cold in the winter and that, and I really feel like Gore-Tex works well in those damp, cold areas that maybe aren't getting, you know, heavy rain. The one fallback is in like, say the bucket effect or something when you're running on trails, are you guys doing anything to improve the way that like a trail shoe would, um, disperse water that gets inside the shoe so is that that's too yeah. big question yeah so let's talk about all that no there's some good stuff there there's I, I right was gonna let's ask that question these. too so um, right. yeah yeah sure you were yeah okay. i have it right here on my notes i can shoot that was my main question you, you gotta come up with your that own that was my main no question own. honestly robbie and i okay. practically share a brain um it's like, <laughs> look at that right yeah. there. all right well, let's talk about that so how do we, because you're right, there's other things out there which you could consider. So how do we, you know, maintain, you know, what we mean to the, to the consumer, to the runner? And it's innovation. It starts with innovation. It starts with also trust, right? Which means what we say we're going to do, we do it. And we put a lot of science behind it. Um, we stand behind. We don't make just um, BS claims, right? Whatever we say in the market you know we've tested it to the nth degree to prove it. That's just who we are as a company. Um, but let's talk about innovation. When I took on this commitment, being responsible for, for the running space, the reality is that runners are different. Runners have certain needs that maybe a hiker doesn't need. And let's start with, for example, fit comfort. Fit is number one. If the fit doesn't feel right, right? If it doesn't fit like a Brooks Ghost or like a Nike peg or something, you're going to notice it. And if that's what, if that's your shoe, you're going to have an issue if it doesn't fit the same, right? Mm -hmm. um, lightweight, um, making sure that um, if there is excess heat or water in there, they can get out of there quickly. So when we looked at the running space, we looked at the traditional way of adding Gore-Tex. And you mentioned earlier, the, the, the insert, the booty, which is like a separate sock liner in essence that you put inside the shoe that has like decades and decades of proven durability which is perfect in a lot of end uses like when you're hiking the mountain and the rest and that's what we started with in running and it did meet the needs of protection but at the end of the day you have to think about the other pieces with a runner again like fit comfort right lightweight and so we actually went back to the drawing board and said, you know what, that's how we did it then. How do we want to do it now? We've actually changed the way we integrate Gore-Tex inside running shoes. We now take our membrane, still that same functionality, right? Not allowing water in, allowing sweat to get out. And now we actually merge it with the upper. Now it's actually part of the upper of the shoe. Why does that make a difference? It makes a huge difference because now when Nike or Brooks makes their shoe, it's all one material. So now the toe box is same exact toe box as you would expect. You don't have wrinkles. There aren't any additional stitch lines. You have your traditional drop liner in there, 
so the seamless feel. Um, it, it feels and fits just like a non-Gore-Tex shoe. And I'm saying that, but I'm saying that with a lot of proof behind me. As you mentioned earlier, we do a lot of testing. So a lot of development, working with some of the major running brands in the world, getting their feedback, getting their perspective, then taking it to runners and giving them, and I can't, I'm not gonna name the brand and the styles, but we gave them uh, a very common running style, non-Gore-Tex, and gave them the same exact equivalent with this new innovation I told you about, they could not tell the difference. They couldn't tell the difference between the two shoes as they ran in them as they tried them. Oh, I mean, I can confirm that. But then our brand partner. Yeah, from even the, I can, can say that from the few Gore-Tex shoes I do have, I think I have a Hoka, maybe a Challenger. <laughs> the boot you love all the time. Oh, yeah. The, I have the Challenger boot, I think, and then the uh, another running shoe. And uh, Was the Topo? Was that Gore-Tex? Mm, I can't remember if I have okay. a... But anyways, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was. Uh, but they feel same to me as it would any other shoe. And our brand partners did the same thing where they had their professional runners, in some cases their professional running groups that they work with, mm. Um, and I can drop names. I'm talking about, you know, Solomon's and Asics and Nike's and Merrill and others who might have more of these athletic footwear. They had their runners go out there and they came back and said, I can't tell the difference. Where they say, oh, yeah, this one's the Gore-Tex one. It actually was the non-Gore-Tex <laughs> one, right? That's what the Solomon people told yeah. me when it was a funny story. So the whole point is, is to eliminate that part of it. Because as a runner, you do not want distractions. You got enough to worry about when you're running, right? The ache in your knee or whatever going on, right? Your wind or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and so you want to eliminate distractions of fit comfort. You want to eliminate distractions of, like I said, the weather, the what's on the ground, what's in the sky, what's around you. So you can just focus on your activity. So now we're to a point where we have this innovation that all, that are, you know, our, our major running brand partners have adopted, where you have the same fit and feel as the standard running shoe, but now it's protection. Do you add weight? Good question. You're adding around like 15 grams of weight, which is less okay. than a compression sock. I yeah. mean, so from a weight perspective, it's minimal, right? If you complain about the weight of your socks, good for you. That means you're very, <laughs> very good at that. But most people can't tell, right? So the weight is not an issue. We've reduced um, water pickup time. So why does that matter? So as you're running in like, let's say, a, uh, uh, an unprotected shoe, you're gathering a lot of water building up inside that shoe. That's mm -hmm. extra weight gain. Now with the way we've, we've uh, integrated our membrane, you're not picking up that additional excess weight. And so it's like shedding off the shoe. Um, and then we've also improved our dry out time. So that gets to the question, like what if I do step in a deep puddle and I get water mm -hmm. in there? Um, let's talk about that. Yeah. This is not a drainable shoe. So if you're going to be running through streams and rivers, yeah. Or are you going to do, um, um, you know, one of those types of tough mudder challenges or something like that where half the time you're in knee-deep water? Yeah, I mean, I, you're no longer waterproof, right? <laughs> That's where you're going to want drainable shoes. And so I think it's always that challenge of we can't be everything to everyone, right? And I think if truly you're running through rivers and streams on a regular basis, you're probably going to want a drainable shoe. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest here. That's because... You're less concerned about the water entry. You're more concerned about water exit. Exiting, exactly. Now, if you're the 
type of runner that you're not regularly running through rivers and streams, but you, sometimes maybe something does happen, you happen to get water over the top of your shoe. With this new way of approaching Gore-Tex, we've significantly reduced the time it takes to dry out that shoe by 50%. It's to the point now where I took um, a regular non-Gore-Tex running shoe, we saturated it, mm-hmm. and then we took... Um, this new technology, we call it Invisible Fit, by the way. That's okay. the name of this technology, Gore-Tex Invisible Fit. So, okay. We did the same thing. We were within an hour's difference of dry-out time. Just so we like, dried out in a similar time as the non-Gore-Tex shoe. How long, and is that just like letting them sit out to dry for a day, or what's, what, what was the method of testing for that? Yeah, so it was a, it was a lab protocol. It was so all done in a, in a, in a lab environment where um, – yeah, I can go through the whole test protocol with you, but in essence, you you saturate it, you weigh it, you weigh it beforehand, you saturate it, and then you put it yes. here just in a controlled environment. I'm not talking about some massive wind or tur- yeah. you know tornado right. wind, just a regular just environment <laughs> and just watch yeah. it. Out. Okay, that's, yeah, okay, that's yeah, that's it's drying out. Uh, so, yeah. well, that makes a big it's difference. Exciting as that because yeah. you said within an hour. So I was like, well, an hour is not that much time if you're drying. No, no, no. If you're just letting it sit no, there no, no, for no, two I'm days. With an hour's difference. Yeah. No, within an hour's difference. Right. So in the case of the, the unlined shoe, it took eight hours to dry. The new Gore-Tex Invisible Foot took okay, nine hours right. to dry. Okay, right, yeah. That's what I was wondering. Okay, cool. The, the Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, obviously, if you want to accelerate that drying, you might strip right. some newspaper in there or something. But yeah. this was just left on its own. What did it okay, do? I, I cool. want to go back to the, the fit technology because we talked – the ones that I saw was clearly the booty when I visited Gore-Tex. I am – Explain the invisible fit. Is this is it fabric or uh, the stuff that the upper is actually being made of is already has the Gore-Tex technology within it, and then they're stitching it and flat seaming that? Like, how does that work? Great question. So, it's still the same. It's still a Gore-Tex membrane, so it's still the same technology that we've had the decades of you know trust around. So seamless, but it's different. Yeah, so, so in, in the past, what you would have done is you had taken that Gore-Tex material and stitched a separate insert or booty and then put it inside that shoe and connected them together. Yeah. Now what we do is we take that Gore-Tex membrane and through some, again, some advanced adhesive technology, we actually bond it to that flat upper. Okay. So we take a flat, oh. let's say, um, you know, Pegasus upper, same exact shape of, of with the Gore-Tex membrane, so they're one-to-one matching. So the factory knows what they're doing, and they, they're patterning with Gore-Tex, just like with the upper. They literally merge bond them together, together, bond them together. And at that point, you now have a waterproof upper. Mm-hmm. And then the following steps, you're just Same doing what you typically do. You're closing it. You're stitching Interesting. It. And then we're going to do some additional waterproofing on the bottom. Sorry, just to finish the thought. Yeah. We ought to make sure the bottom is waterproof too. So it's not just the top, right? The bottom has to be waterproof as you step through that puddle or grass, making sure that water doesn't get in. Okay. Okay. So, and by bottom, you mean like the insole or? Yeah. So like in the, in the insole area. So okay. um, where, so if you think about when you make that upper and you close it, you haven't attached the sole yet. You haven't you know, right. attached the midsole yet or the outer sole. Yeah. You got to make sure that, the, the bottom of that pattern that you just okay, stitched gotcha. closed is waterproof from the bottom as well. Okay, right. gotcha. It's not so easy. And that's, so you asked earlier about, um, you know, how does Gore-Tex maintain um, its position? Because it's actually a lot more complicated than you think. And many have tried um, in different ways, but we consistently have 
proven the, the, the trust, the durability of this construction, and then we innovate further with the runner in mind. And I know there's those spray-on coatings you could do instead. Yeah, that stuff wears off yeah, right. really quickly. Right? You find out. And that might be good for – yeah, you find that out, right? Um, it's not going to help you with wind. It's not going to help you with any level of water challenge, and it does go away. But I get why you would have that because if the shoe didn't fit as well – then you're left with, mm, do I want to have good fitting and kind of some protection or great protection and maybe some impacts to fit? Those were your choices. My goal was to eliminate you having to make a choice. What if you could have the best fitting and the best protection? That's the goal, right? And that's what we've gotten to at this point. And those, those are the sorts of shoes we have in market now where you don't have to compromise as a runner. We recently tried, get what you we recently tried a shoe that was a little disappointed because I thought it was supposed to be waterproof. Oh. But it was water resistant. <laughs> so Ravi and I went out and ran through some puddles and did all that stuff. And I'm like, my feet are wet. <laughs> like, Mine too. <laughs> Turns out it was uh, it, it was in the um, the Saucony. It was the Saucony shield. Run Shield. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, just get some Gore-Tex on that. I didn't really understand the point of it because uh, because I was like, well, it, I mean, I guess it was very late rain, okay. Uh, but if you run through any puddles, you're kind of screwed. Uh, which is weird. Quick side note, somebody commented on that review the other day, and they were like, I work for Stockton. This is for sure, like, 100% waterproof. I'm like, it is definitely not. <laughs> Go run like, through some puddles. And, and they don't even that. say it's waterproof on the site. Yeah. So, anyways, I just didn't yeah. understand the point of that shoe, right? But, I, you know, I, I understand that a lot of uh, probably marketing money has to go into explaining to consumers what waterproof breathable is and why – if you're going to buy a shoe, I mean, the, the, it usually adds a cost to the shoe. So if you're looking at a Pegasus and a Pe Pegasus Shield, it, what are you adding? 10, 15 bucks to the price at least? It, it depends on the brand. But yeah, I would say average between 20, 25, maybe $30. 30. Depends on the brand and the style. Now, with you guys, with you guys testing, with you guys testing the shoes and really working them over to make sure that those membranes hold up over time. Is there a lifespan that you've seen for Gore-Tex products? Like if I spend the extra money on a, you know, a shield product from Nike or, you know, one of the other brands using Gore-Tex, is there a, a certain period of time that the shoe, I can expect it to stay waterproof? The way we do our trials is we, and this is a fascinating conversation because you're getting into how long does a running shoe last, right? Yeah. And it depends on the runner, of course, and how heavy you run and, what you need with that cushioning and the type of cushioning and all that. Um, but our commitment is to the life of the shoe. Okay. So the whole idea is even if maybe you no longer can run in it, um, you still can use the shoe maybe to cut the grass or something like that. It's funny you bring this up because I actually literally was in a call earlier today. We're doing what we call a fit for use trial and fit for use means um, it does what we say it does. Right. So if we say it's waterproof, it's waterproof. You're not going to be calling me up and going, but this isn't waterproof. Right. <laughs> um, and in this trial, we have runners have now gone um, over 600 kilometers and in, in running on the, some of these shoes. And to the point now where we were actually having a conversation saying, um, should we maybe stop those runners? Because the cushioning might have given way at this point. Yeah. We don't want to hurt them. You, you know what I mean? We yeah. literally are having these conversations with the runners because it may have exceeded the life of the, of the cushioning. Yeah, and the reason, the reason I ask is not so much for, 
I'm not going to wear a Gore-Tex shoe every day I go out running. I'm going to wear a Gore-Tex. I usually save my Gore-Tex shoes for inclement weather or winter running when they're, like you said, if there's slush and snow on the ground, that's a perfect day for a Gore-Tex shoe. I mean, honestly, if I could just have a shoe that had a Gore-Tex booty over the toes, I'd probably be fine because normally that's where, as you're running through a puddle, for some reason I run through the splash of my other shoe and it's on the toe cap. But, um, you know, so if I buy a Gore-Tex shoe, it's going to get used for 25 miles, 30 miles in, in this winter. And then I put it, I just leave it on my rack the next time it rains or it, it's uh, crummy out, I pull it back out. So in the long term, I could have that shoe that's Gore-Tex probably, you know, for three, four years and it wouldn't have 250, 300 miles on it. Do you have an invisible fit Gore-Tex running style? I don't know. I don't think we, we do. do. I don't think we do. What is it in right now? I think we should we should we should talk about that because, um, yeah, we can get into um, some of the different styles that are out there. I mentioned a few already, but you know what's interesting? What you're saying. One thing that I'm trying to change is eliminate runners having to make a choice. Oh, today I'm gonna to have to wear the, wear this versus. Okay. And, yeah. I mean, I'll admit I'm the worst. I'm the worst critic. Okay, because I should be right because I'm responsible <laughs> for this stuff. And there was a point. Yeah, you'd say, okay, this is for the really bad weather, and this is I'll use this. What we're getting to now is you don't have to make a choice, and where that the climate comfort, the fit, the lightweight is to the point where even if it's a nice day, you can still run that, use that Gore-Tex invisible fit shoe. It still feels the same. I see that happening now with brands where you're seeing um, when they release the Gore-Tex style, now it's been released pretty much for the entire year, not just for a couple months of the year. They continue offering it throughout the year. I've seen reviews from some of our brand partners who come back and go, I love this one comment from a runner from the, from one of the um, brands, right? I'm not going to name which one. From their people coming back, oh yeah, this this shoe is is uh, maybe it's too cold for the winter time. I'd rather have it for the summertime. I'm like, that's a Gore-Tex shoe. So <laughs> there was this. I think there's a switch. Now, why is that? What do we do magically? I it's the combination of by bonding to the upper, we've eliminated some of that insulation air gap that you might feel. Yeah. We have. A certain type of monofilament material in there, which creates a more of a cooling sensation. I mean, I'm not. This is not a claim, right? I'm just giving you subjective perception. Okay. This is an example of Gore-Tex. I'm not going to make some official statement, right? Because everyone has different perceptions. Yeah. But I can tell you, with the feedback I've gotten, is it feels different than what a traditional Gore-Tex would feel like. And because it fits better, and that I can definitely say, people are using it beyond just the, the bad weather. They're using it throughout the what, year now what models is the if you're in august sorry you know i can't help you but go ahead. Uh, what models are the is the invisible fit in right now like uh, what are some examples because i don't even know uh i think the nike pegasus uh brooks ghost cascadia okay gotcha. uh, saucony ride um uh new balance 880 i mean okay. i could just keep going down the okay, list but so um, but if you go to the if you go to the running sites they should be calling out what's called invisible fit technology yeah. okay. to help yeah. you understand. And that, that was and another thing. When where, I, um, and, oh, yep. I was going to say, when I was a kid, I used, I, I thought Gore-Tex meant insulation. 
uh, yeah, I got. I think I got them confused with, uh, with Thinsulate. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> those so are like, the, always the two. I would get <laughs> like Gore-Tex shoes in, in the winter and be like, "Okay, this will keep me warm." And you're like, "Oh, I'm freezing." <laughs> it's like, like no, it's not necessarily a, an insulator. Now, uh, keeping the wind out and keeping a comfortable um, airflow obviously helps, but it's not considered. I wouldn't consider it a um, insulator. So let me ask you something because I'm lo- I'm looking at the Nike Pegasus Trail Three Gore-Tex. Uh, which we talked about the price earlier. It is $30 more than the, the normal Trail 3. Um, and it says that a Gore-Tex layer helps keep keep out water and your feet dry, but at the same time, it's uh, it says it's a water-resistant upper. So uh, so when, when I see those two things... It's knowing, contradictory. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying... It's so confusing. Is it just bad That's copy? so confusing. Is, is it, it bad copy or is, is that actually yeah. true? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, part, part of... You know... <laughs> Part of the challenge being an ingredient brand, right, is that we can't, you know what I mean? Like how you describe there. it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It can, can, trend, can be different, right? Um, mm-hmm. But but they also might be referring to, and now I'm guessing here, right? I'm guessing, but they also might be referring to that when we work with the brands, we also look at the upper materials, even the threads and the laces, mm-hmm. Because the other piece I haven't talked about yet, I didn't want to get too techy, but let's go for it. Hello. It's oh, yeah. wicking, the, 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 the rate of water moving around the fabric or the textile of the shoe, right? Right. So even if the, wa- even if the shoe is waterproof, because there's a membrane inside, if there's no treatment to that upper, over time, the water could move itself up that upper and then over the top, um, over the collar into your sock. And you're now you're in your mind, it's it's not waterproof. Right. Water got in, right? You don't right? care how it got there. Um, it's <laughs> leaking. Yeah, you don't care how they got there. Exactly. So what we do is we work the brands to treat the uppers so that we prevent that wicking from occurring okay. or we delay that wicking from occurring. Um, a great example is you take a treated lace, a shoelace, and take one that's not treated. You put both of those laces halfway into a cup of water. You'll see that with the untreated that water goes up that lace. Now there's a puddle of water on your counter yeah. because that like water immediately lamp. just like finds <laughs> oil lamp. What are you, a pioneer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I run a couple of lighthouses back in the day. <laughs> I keep the ships exactly. coming in. So, yeah. so water resist might be, might be their way of describing like preventing that wicking. But I agree. I mean, I'm, what can I say? It's kind of a confusing message, isn't it? And I think that's part of the challenge for, for consumers and runners is knowing what is waterproof versus water resist? And this says this thing, this says that thing. And that's why within Gore-Tex, we try to be very consistent. If you see Gore-Tex, it is waterproof. Okay, because that's what I always thought. Anything. It's waterproof. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves whenever I see water resistant or waterproof and people describing it poorly or not knowing what it is because I'm like, there's a big difference yeah. when you're out and getting crushed by yeah. rain. <laughs> so I got, oh. I got a nerdy. Well, I love the, I love the generic weatherproof. Weatherproof uh, yeah. is another one. There you I, go. I love that one. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? But anyway, Let, let's sorry. get a little nerdy because what we're all about is, is performance enhancement. So it's great if you can forget about your shoe being on and, and you know, you, you don't even notice the upper because it's seamless into the, into the shoe. Is there anything that shows, like, have you guys done studies that show having that comfort dry foot increase performance of an athlete? Like, is there any way to test that? Like, is there, like, I don't know what I'm looking for as a like, number, but like, a I want to know. Well, like, if you're doing 100K, 
Yeah. And you have a shoe that's got Gore-Tex and your feet are staying dry. and Wicking the moisture off the upper. Yeah, versus uh, one time, I'll, I'll give you where what I did my non-scientific test, <laughs> is I took a pair of vapor flies when they had the knit vapor fly and they had the vapor weave, which is more like a nylon. And I soaked them both in water and said, okay, the knit one gained, you know, two and a half ounces, where the nylon only gained like 0.5 ounces. And I'm like, in a, if you're racing in a marathon in the rain, this shoe is going to have a better performance because it's doing what it's supposed to do, staying light. So do you guys have any data on like endurance sports and if Gore-Tex is adding to that, that performance level? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually great that you asked that question because um, the short answer is not yet, but let me explain. <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> I have, I, have, I have anecdotal evidence, of course, but I wanted to do the same exact thing. And um, again, not naming names, not to be secretive, but I can't you know, share Trade their, secrets. their stuff. <laughs> we are working with, yeah, exactly, working with a major brand. Um, and that's exactly the test they were setting up. They were going to have their runners and do this. Those are to create distractions and can you improve your performance and all that. Then the pandemic hit. Mm. And yeah, there we are. Um, so this is something we're going to um, pick up again, because now with this invisible fit technology, that's exactly what I want to explore, right? How does it improve your performance? Where does it improve your performance? And um, yeah, when everything, when the, when the COVID settles, right? <laughs> yeah. um, I'd like to get back to that and explore that further. Absolutely. Because like, I do believe there is something there. Because I do get that feedback. I'm on a roll now. Sorry. Let me finish. Right, go for um, it. I do get that feedback that you, you don't get distracted when you're running. You can actually continue to run the path you want to run. And that by itself, when I get some of that feedback, or another great example is when I get runners to run in our trial shoes, I love the fact when they come back and say, I don't want to give them up. Can I keep them? <laughs> because now this is my, my go-to running, my, my running shoe. Yeah. Um, I love to get that feedback. So that tells me there's something there. I believe in it because that's why we developed it this way. I'm getting that anecdotal feedback, but this is gore. That's not good enough. So I need to go through Mm. that formal studies and trials. I'm kind of asking because one of my favorite jackets is an Arc'teryx. The it's not even it's not it's just the membrane. It's nothing else. It's It's, it's, the Norvin LD. Yeah, it's just a black membrane. You can, yeah, you can shake it dry. It doesn't. It's just waterproof without anything if you could do that on an up around say like a race day shoe and know that you're not having like if it's raining that day like you just ran in a race in the in the rain in the mm-hmm. mist your shoes were probably damp i don't know if you packed them up afterwards and felt but like that would be the thing that i think could stabilize and take out the factor of of water weight gain during a race i don't know maybe i'm crazy yeah no you're not uh, actually you're not at all um um, I did want to ask because you he was talking about the his Arcteryx jacket, and I also was recently reviewed a Arcteryx Trino hoodie, which has the Cortex Infinium. And um, and by the way, I had I don't know that I've really had a Cortex like jack like gear. I've had other waterproof gear, but I don't know if I had straight Gore-Tex. Really, all the stuff we review, right? It's I mean, yeah, that's weird. I've had like uh, just other I must have been hogging it all. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Thomas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got to share. Come on, come on. And so I had, but I was skeptical that it was going to be both breathable and waterproof, or like 
that jacket isn't fully waterproof, but I wore it in like a pretty decent rain and it stayed dry. Um, and so I was, but I was definitely skeptical of the breathability factor. And I got to tell you, like it breathes, it is crazy how good, how well those jackets breathe in going from, I wore in 10 degrees up to today. This morning I wore 40 degrees with a long sleeve under and I was still like felt pretty good. It's crazy. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to talk about like maybe the different, uh, any other, like the different technologies as well in the apparel, if that's okay. I know we kind of Are mostly you, is Kirk on just shoes. footwear though. Oh, I'm sorry. If you were just footwear. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm primarily <laughs> footwear. There was a period, but there was a period of time where I worked, um, in the garment space. I don't know if, um, a couple of years ago, like Under Armour had this, uh, Gore-Tex Infinium, well, actually, it was not Gore-Tex waterproof, but Infinium uh, running shirts based yeah. on certain fibers. I, have, so I actually have that, that, that development. I have. Those are actually fantastic. You have that? Yeah. yeah. Those are really nice. Yeah, I, I did that. I, I led that okay. with uh, Under Armour. Yeah, so I that love was, those. Isn't it awesome? Uh, yeah. yeah, here's a, you know, unfortunately. That <laughs> shirt was crazy, by the way. I remember yeah. how, like, thin and light I, that was. I've got a long sleeve version of it, and I've got short sleeves. It's interesting for me, the same material in the summer in the short sleeve, works really well and the long sleeve is very insulating in the in the winter but that's another here i asked cynthia mom the dumbest question i was so embarrassed afterwards we were at gore-tex and i said um she was showing me all the waterproof stuff and i said do you guys make any like bags or anything she goes bags don't need to breathe (laughs) she's like you can just use rubber (laughs) and i was like oh yeah (laughs) fair point uh, well, I'll just stand over here now. <laughs> um, <laughs> if somebody's in the bag, but she still talked to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So disregard the apparel line. Uh, when it comes down to your shoe of choice, are you allowed to say which shoes you like to wear while running or doing activity? I, I can. I mean, so, um, I've, I think I've tried them all. I think part of my job, which is, you should ask um, some of my friends sometimes, because sometimes I'll go on a run with a new shoe I haven't tried before, and I'm just hurting myself, right? Because I'm not used to whatever the heel drop or something, and I'm just a, I'm just a fool. But I just want to try it, right? Um, personally, I used to be um, more in the minimalist, but I okay. guess as I've gotten older, I'm now going towards the maximalist. So now I'm actually more in the, in the Hoka Hoka world now. Gotcha. And actually, I swear by Hoka's. That's where I'm at now. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but before that, it was more of a um, uh, Mizuno, the Asics. Then I was into Saucony in a big way for a while. Um, but now I've really migrated over to, to, to a Hoka. Final check-in. Hopefully you were able to relax and enjoy this run, get smooth, get it done. Maybe you're hitting those paces. Maybe you're just feeling light on your feet. Make sure that next run, you remember to keep it relaxed and have some fun. Enjoy your miles. Okay. Why why we're on this. uh, So to try to, you know, work new product into new shoes, you probably get to see some stuff 2023 you know maybe we're looking at 
fall 2023 at this point, maybe even fall 2024. Um, so how, I mean, are you a nerd when it comes to shoes? Like, do you get geeked out when you see the new shoes and you have them and okay. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. 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 That's, I, we, I'm not ashamed to say that. And I'm Christmas. not ashamed. I look at people's feet all the time. Right. Yeah. I'm always yeah. looking at people's feet. It's like, that's what I do. I yeah. swear. I think that like, I will know like, uh, a good looking person can be walking by and I will stare at their shoes first. And, and then, well, yeah. what's fun, yeah. what's yeah. what's always awkward yeah. about that though is like you look at their shoes and then, and then you just you go to up. look at their face, but then it looks like you're looking at their whole yeah, body. Yeah, you're yeah, like, no, 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 I was just looking at your shoes and <laughs> your face. It just that's the progression of things. And on top of that, I'm I'm judging you at the same time. Like, yeah, yeah. why are you wearing those? Exactly. Shoes? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You don't you, yeah. you don't need those shoes. <laughs> that's you shouldn't be wearing vapor flies out out for a walk. Hey, don't judge. <laughs> um, yeah right. always awkward um yeah but I, I i do see what's coming out there i think uh, for sure no but i i do see what's out there as having a sense of what's happening and certainly uh you know sustainable materials and the rest are a big theme coming up and so we're doing the same so yeah i was gonna ask, ask about how we maintain our position yeah so it's it's going to you know non-f treatments it's going um we're moving away from um, our standard membrane to a, a new type of technology, which is in line with sustainability with the, you know, with the PFCs and eliminating PFCs, et cetera. It's not like we're in a bad spot now. I want to be clear about that. Um, we're actually been, we've done a lot already. So what you're wearing now is actually things I can be proud of, but we continue to evolve. So it might be going more towards recycled content in our materials, right? To go with the recyclability thing. Um, we're leading the way on some of these market evaluations in terms of what really is life cycle of a product and what does it really mean. So if you um, have a product longer, what's the impact to the landfills and to the, to the environment in general? So again, we're a science-based company, so we don't do the greenwashing. We don't make just general statements. We really have to have the science behind it. Um, but absolutely, the sustainability story is a key part of our evolution as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess it has to be if the right if the now. brands are all going there, you know, we talk we talked to ASICs and stuff, and they're trying to be, uh, like everyone like yeah. completely carbon neutral by a certain time. I'm yeah. guessing you're getting the same. Hey, yeah. if you want to be in our shoes, you got to be yep. part of this program. Absolutely. I, I was going to ask that because what what is the basis? Like you guys started in the in space, wasn't uh, Gore Tex originally made for uh, the space in program? In cables. Oh, cables. Okay. Uh, no, uh, originally in cables, industrial cables. Um, but ultimately, yeah, wh- I mean, it's like, a think of an amoeba just gone everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, but certainly space cables is, is one of them as well. Um, but we started in cables and industrial cables to begin with. And, okay. and so what where, was you, the, where are you going with this? What, I was asking what the, <laughs> we're going to space. Um, what, what is the material? <laughs> what, what is it actually, what is Gore-Tex made of? Oh wow! That's so. It's it's a certain type. Yeah, that's a huge conversation right by itself. Yeah. So it's it's it's, it's really think about it, it's an advanced material set that we manipulate at the at the polymer level, um, where we can just by manipulating it, you can have different properties. So the base material that you might find in a Gore-Tex footwear 
again, you could also find in, um, in a aortic stent. Obviously, it's different. It's not taking Gore-Tex from a shoe and shoving it in your body. But some of the basic polymer science is there as well. Maybe if you ran a little um, more, you wouldn't need this. And again, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> this is our health message for the day. You can have, you can have this, this or you um, can have this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that's why I think about like when uh, associates who uh, who work in the medical division, like when I work in in footwear, I get to see the new products and even get samples. I'm like, what do those guys get? Like, mm-hmm. here's the newest stent. What are you going to do with it? Put it inside your body? You know? <laughs> yeah, you probably have to go um, look at a surgery. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the swag is better on my side. I'll Definitely. say that. No, um, but but it is. It's manipulating um, at, at, a, at a microscopic level just the, the the properties of these materials in all sorts of different ways to meet the needs of the consumer. So for us, it's always. How do we take this material set and manipulate it to meet your needs based on, is it medical, is it industrial, is it consumer, is it military? They have their own needs as well. So even what we get into there is different. And now we're establishing this whole new material platform. We have the same challenges. How do we manipulate this to for the different needs of the consumer? There, there's a lot of, I mean, it's thousands of engineers and scientists working on this. But well, when you say polymer, is that is that plastic or uh, what? It, what is no. Okay. No, it's made from, um, and it's only so much I can go into a <laughs> okay. podcast, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's made from some natural materials, and that we then manipulate, etc. Et I just imagine you're one step away from creating venom uh, or like a symbiote to attach to Spider-Man, and then we're all screwed. I like it. Uh, that's what I like to imagine happens in these labs. <laughs> yeah. If, if they've got cool <laughs> shoes, I'm in. I don't I'm know down. if that's close. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it makes me run ten if it times makes faster. Me run faster. By the way, it, yeah, yeah. It, what if you could run faster? What would you do? Right. No, but it's true. Like, so it's a never-ending journey. I mean, we're still working on these things, right? And so, you think about it. It's taking the basics of how do we protect you and keep you in the run, and then we enhance it to how do you still have the same fit and comfort and weight and the rest you would expect from a running shoe, so you can't tell the difference. So then you can use it every day. And that's why I call it invisible fit, because it's invisible to you. It still has the same fit, but you don't know it's there. And so it's a nice day, go run with that same pair of shoes. It's a crappy day, go run that same pair of shoes. You're just not limiting yourself. Just keep running. Yeah. So even though you do pay 30 more, you're getting more shoe in that shoe than you might get from a, just an online shoe, the, the, if that makes The sense. one I can remember recently was the ride that kind of had like a camo pattern on it. Do you remember that one? Like yeah, great, great. Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. I do. Was that one? Yep. Was that one invisible fit? No. Okay, I was gonna no, say that not. one kind of felt crinkly, so I wasn't like. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? That was that was one of the. Oh, I absolutely know what you mean. Absolutely, and that's what drove me. Is I hated to hear the sound. I hated to feel the stitch line, the stitch around the collar. I'm being negative right now, right? No, but this is how you improve probably things. Probably bad thing, but 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 it's reality, right? And and so. Um, even the gusset height, which is what's, the, you know, we think about the tongue inside the shoe and that protection. I actually lowered that a little bit as a standard because I was getting feedback from retailers and I could even name the retailer, but I won't. Um, but a great guy, um, in Illinois, that's all I'll <laughs> And anyway, um, and you were talking about the, the irritation to the end stop and like you hear these things and then it's like, well, what if you lowered it just enough? And then we do the field trials, right? Because it's not just me saying, go make it so, right? We have yeah. to test it. And I was able to prove that we're still waterproof in your run. So when you hit that puddle and the water splashes up, you're still protected. 
But by reducing certain pieces of material, I now eliminated that irritation to your end step, right? And so it's thinking like that and working with the brands about how do we make a better product at the end of the day? It's not just to have to be waterproof. It's got to be a full experience for you as a runner. You know, so all that stuff drives me. Is there any brand that you're not working with right now that you want to be working with? Like is is like, hey, we got to get our product. Yes. Yes. You want to you want yes. to tell us which one? No. <laughs> because we're because we're because because um and, and well, actually in probably every case in every case we're talking with them and we're trying to figure out how we can work together. Okay, right. gotcha. Now I do want to I want to ask you. I mean, the, oh, you know, no, no, yeah. Go ahead. No, that's it. Go ahead. <laughs> I figured that was. Your, uh, I I wanted to ask you this question because, and maybe I don't know if you can see how this works, but I had the Speedgoat Three WP. Uh, which favorite. was not a Gore-Tex shoe. Now the Speedgoat Four was a Gore-Tex shoe for Hoka, and I'm in the three they use Skyshell, which I don't know if it's their own technology or another company. And I'm wondering, like, how does that work? Where they're working with you now? Why I don't understand why they just didn't work with you from the beginning. Is that their own technology price? or price or, yeah? Uh, it's a great question, and you know, one thing I'm not going to do is speculate. You know, trash yeah, other no, brands, I get other it. Technologies, yeah. right? It's yeah. not not what I do, but um, yeah. And, and there's multiple examples actually where maybe they try it doesn't could be that could be Hoka, could be other brands. They've tried something else, but they've come back. Okay. Or they say they come to us. We've had brands. Um, I won't name any, but if you read enough in the industry, you'll know some brands that have had us and they've dropped us, but they come back oh, again. Wow. Um, well, why do they come back? And it's, I think it's because we do cost more, but why do we cost more than Mm -hmm. the average generic? It's because we test, it's proven and we work with them. We partner with them to say, what's the best answer? It's not just off the shelf, one size fits all. Mm -hmm. We actually work with every single brand. We actually have people that on our payroll that go to their factories and work with their people on how to design the shoe to make sure the Gore-Tex can integrate properly, make sure that the quality is there. So we put a lot of investment of our people and time into these brands to make the best shoe possible. You don't get that elsewhere. And so if you just look at one number. I was going to say, I'm going to guess that consumers also, the brand awareness, like I said, my dad always made, like if you're going to get a jacket, make sure it's Gore-Tex. The... That there's a consumer demand, like you, like when you see a product, like if you're walking around REI and you're looking at jackets and you see one with the big diamond hang tag that right. says Gore-Tex guaranteed, waterproof, and the other one says maybe some other venting product. Yeah, you're like, ah, it's twenty more bucks for this jacket. It's got Gore-Tex. I'll just go for this. I I'm wondering if the amount and and maybe I'm naive that the marketing for Gore-Tex hasn't penetrated the consumer that much, but I'm going to guess when you're going to buy a shoe and you see Gore-Tex waterproof, you're like, that's the best. And everything else is waterproof. That's true. That should be, that should be the expectation from the consumer. And we think about the environment. One of the biggest issues, there's so many issues, right? We have a whole conversation about that, but one of the issues is just all the waste, right? And just, the quick disposal of things. And for us, one of our mantras is with Gore-Tex, it's for the life of that product. And so it's not going to fail you so you can continue to use it. It's like I mentioned with a running shoe, 
Um, if you have an old running shoe and the, the midsole's gone and you can't do much with it, you probably throw it out. But what if it's still protected by right. from rain and, and you can still use it for walking the dog? And it's good enough for that, right? You maybe not run it anymore, yeah. but you can you can sure walk in it. And so for us, it's about the life of the product. And so we've led the industry on some of these studies around life cycle assessment and understanding how that impacts the environment overall. Science-based calculations, right? Not marketing. Yeah. This is science-based. So it really, like, Gore-Tex will last the life of the product? It's guaranteed. I did not, so I didn't know that. I mean, I know you just said it, but I didn't know that prior to this interview that it was, it is guaranteed. Yeah. Because that's, that is a huge deal because like I was saying that, that shoe, that was my favorite Hoka shoe ever. Yeah. Which does not use Gore-Tex. Like, they don't sell it anymore, so it doesn't matter that I say this, but after two years, it broke down and it's not waterproof. Might now. be like, why we go text the next time. Like, I can't, but. I can't, I used to love it because it was so versatile. I could wear it for hiking, for biking, for running. And now I, it's like, it just is an old shoe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have a, a question that I know we're running long, but a, a tip maybe that we're for consumers. That Only 30 minutes. Oh, cool. Um, the, when, I have a Gore-Tex jacket. It's recommended that I throw yeah. it in the dryer to, to reanimate the, the activate the, the product. Now, in a shoe, you, you talked about just air room drying it or anything like that. If I have like a shoe heater or something like that, sh would it be a preferred method to, to use that when I'm drying a Gore-Tex product or does it matter? No, because it's, it's a different... All right, let's get geeky. So it's, it's a different situation you're talking about when you talk about a garment that's um a durable water resist coating okay that's dwr and that's different than wicking than anti-wicking so dwr is more about the beating of the water on top so you don't get what's called wet out so if you if you don't have good dwr on your jacket um and let's say water falls onto your jacket it's still waterproof because the membrane is there right yeah but the material but gets wet the material on top actually starts to absorb it and you feel cold and it yeah. feels wet you're not wet but you feel wet that's the dwr it's like a coating and so, so when you put it in the heater it reactivates that oh that's what I'm, I, I, I'm not reactivating the gore-tex i'm reactivating the the waterproof no, oh i the, didn't know that the coating so on top completely different so yep when we talk about footwear what we're talking about is preventing the wicking, the movement of material of water through the materials. And that in some cases could be embedded inside the shoelace, as an example. We actually go down to the thread level. So the threads themselves are treated as such. Um, that's a different type of treatment. So heat doesn't reactivate anything like okay. that. In fact, I wouldn't recommend throwing your shoes into a washer or dryer because I, I don't think it, most shoes survive that sort of. Yeah. Well, the know, foams don't love it either. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So the bottom line is, you don't need to do that. You do not need to do that with footwear. It's a different situation uh, okay. than jackets. And just out of curiosity, because uh, if I'm going to own this shoe, like I said, like the way that I was using it, and you're saying that's not the greatest way to use it, use it all the time. But if I am going to use it for inclement weather and stuff like that, do I need to reapply the the waterproof spray to help the performance of the shoe, or just leave it alone? No, mm -mm. leave it alone. Right. Leave it alone. Okay. Leave it alone. The waterproof doesn't go away. Um, 
the wicking treatments that are there, yeah, over time, can they be somewhat challenged by if you're running through a bunch of rocks and are scraping the yeah. shoes and opening up some of that textile and all that? Yeah, things can happen, but that part, waterproof and the general wicking properties don't go away. All right, cool. That makes sense. You don't have to throw them into a dryer or spray. Don't spray anything on there. In my mind, the less stuff you do to it, the better. Okay. Right? Because you're, you're putting more stuff into the air. And so the I, just... I've been throwing my Arc'teryx jacket into the dryer because I thought that was helping that membrane. You're saying don't even worry about it. Just... No, it is. It's helping the coating on the jacket, but not the membrane itself. So you're reactivating the coating. Oh, but I'm, ta- I'm talking the about the Norvin. I don't even think it has uh, material. It's just the membrane. Oh, you're talking about like the film out, yeah. the, uh, the shake dryer, yeah, 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 where the, the membrane's on the outside. Yeah, that, 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 that. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're fine. Just hang dry that? <laughs> yeah. I never uh, knew that, that the putting in the dryer for DWR. That, uh, it's, oh, wow. they re- they'll sometimes the reactivate. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. For, for garments, like it reactivates that, that treatment on top. Oh, that's good to know. So it's a combination of both the, the membrane as well as the treatment. So on why do they say like itself. with tents that are waterproof and stuff, they're like, don't like, don't put those in. Because they don't have Gore-Tex. They just have like plastic <laughs> oh, rubber Oh, it's just like a something. spray on it or something? Or, or like a rubber liner. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. I, I would expect that the materials that they use there probably would be damaged by the high heat in a dryer. Okay, gotcha. Th- that goes along. But with I'm my not a tent expert either. <laughs> no, I mean that's <laughs> the most logical explanation. So, uh, Kirk, non non tent expert, thanks for joining. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we got more questions about things you don't know anything about. That's actually how we uh, start to get to the end of this podcast: is asking you questions you don't know. Yeah, yeah. we have 20 questions about outdoor. <laughs> so tell me about goats. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I we did actually go a little bit long. I was thinking we started at yeah. one o'clock, and we didn't. We started twelve thirty. I'm like, I'm looking at Robbie. He goes, no, we got we only been doing this for thirty eight minutes. I'm like, like oh, an hour and eight, hour and eight minutes. minutes. He's right. probably got he's probably got a waterproof something by now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. <laughs> no, it's a great conversation. Yeah. Hey, we're talking about stuff we love. Um, it's it's exciting stuff. It really is. Yeah. And I'm more than happy to talk about yeah. it. I will t- I will tell you comfort wise. One of our favorite, like walking around running shoes, is the uh, Pegasus. So if that was waterproof on a cold winter day, that's a comfy, comfy one. That's one. Oh, of Peg, it the is. Peg Trail Pegasus. Yeah. It is Peg Trail Three is Peg Trail. one of the most comfortable, like like non running shoes. Yeah, yeah. just non running shoes. It, it's the Peg the Peg Three Trail Gore Tex. Yeah, Invisible Fit. Yeah, it's I was just wearing them yesterday, and actually. they look cool as oh, hell. Awesome. <laughs> They do. They do. Yeah. They do. Nike does a good There's job. There's that cool that. factor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hoka's got the ugly yeah. cool now. Like exactly. People like them because they're like, look yeah. at these chonky Belega looking things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see that. I think even like the younger runners are starting to get to Hoka yeah. now, right? Oh, so it's definitely. As, 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 a, as an old guy, I guess I'm cool now, right? You're, I mean, you're super cool. Works, I mean, I that haircut? Like that. Yeah, right. man. You're rocking. <laughs> <laughs> get him a... For those Rob, Robbie plays different. in a band. I don't know. Did you play in a band? You look like a guy that would play in a band. <laughs> I'm I'm an artist on the okay. side, so that maybe that explains right. it. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. We'll get the band back together. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the band back together. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything Dry else? Dry and breathable. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the band. That's, that's our first album. Dry and breathable. That's the name of the band. Okay. Right. Dry and breathable. Nice. Nice. All right. Well. I think that wraps it up. Is that the, if you weren't making waterproof, <laughs> wait, I was uh, gonna say, is dry, 
is dry and breathable the opposite of like Bon Jovi slippery when wet? It's exactly. <laughs> it's, oh, uh, nice, yeah, it, nice. It would be, be safe and and uh, yeah. safe and dry. Um, uh, sorry, I had to throw that yeah. in there. All right. Uh, if you weren't working for Gore-Tex and working on uh, invisible waterproof membranes, uh, what would you be doing? Seriously? Yeah. Me personally? Yeah. Uh, Is there anybody else in there? Probably, <laughs> probably um, artist, possibly uh, a tattoo artist, maybe. Seriously? Ah, cool. So um, an illustrator. I love to create. I, lo- yep. I love to create. Um, I, I love to think differently and look at things in a different perspective and just always ask why not, right? And that's frankly why I've, I've been at Gore. Um, it's been a be- great opportunity to ask the why not questions and let's do something different. I think we all should make a difference, right? Um, and to me, this is how I do it. All right, cool. Oh, I love it. Well, we appreciate your time. This was fun. And uh, if you have uh, new stuff coming out and you ever want to talk or, or send something our way to be like, yeah, that is something interesting to look at from Gore-Tex, feel free to reach out. Yeah. Awesome. Will do. Absolutely. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. More than happy to come back whenever you guys want. All right, For great. sure. All right. Thanks, All right, Kirk. Kirk. Kirk out. All right. Thanks, guys. I hope you learned something. Uh, I think there is confusion. I think Gore-Tex spends a lot of time trying to train people or educate the public on why it's a good ingredient to have in your product. So hopefully you got some of that out of this interview. Plus, I I just had fun talking to Kirk. He was cool. Yeah. I actually got educated there because I didn't know that they had a lifetime warranty in Gore-Tex products. Mm. Yes. Which is crazy. That Uh, alone makes me more... I know I have an Arcteryx jacket that has Gore-Tex mm-hmm. and like some of the seams have like come undone. I'm like, I want to send this back. I don't think that's on Gore-Tex though. It's no, I, you send it back to Arcteryx has a oh, yeah, they have one lifetime too, too. But I'm like, I, I'm not, am I the guy that 20 years later <laughs> sends in a jacket and says, hey, fix it. But yeah. Uh, so, okay. So if you, if Gore-Tex breaks down, say it would, which apparently it won't yeah it would gore-tex where you would look for for a breakdown would be in the welded seams right in the um yeah any weak point yeah in the material but like you said like a lot of people probably would think if the drw wears off on the outside of the jacket the fabric can get wet and then that can make it feel cold even though it's not the water's not reaching your skin right so they probably just take a look at it and spray it down send it back but do you, would you send it back to Arcteryx or to Gore? I believe you send it to the manufacturer. Yeah. And then if they found oh. it was a defect of Gore-Tex, right. they would reimburse Arcteryx for it. All right. Anyways, it's just stuff I think about. Nobody else probably cares. Yeah. I know. yeah. They're I'm probably out. jogging along right now going, right, when does this end? Wrap yeah. this up, It's people. almost summer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Uh... I was going to say, you said it's almost summer, but what Kirk said is that Gort yeah. is so breathable now that you can wear it anytime. anytime you wear Gore-Tex yeah. anytime. All right. Yeah. That was a good final part. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Thank you all for listening uh, to the podcast every week. Thanks to Brandon, our producer, and... Your mom. Yeah. Hi, Mom. 
Uh, do I have anyone to thank? Yeah. Thanks for Thomas for making me ten dollars richer on that Ooh. coconut water bed. I think you should thank the guy that left or gal that left the uh, the uh, rice water. I should. And, I should and, put a uh, sticky note out in the trash yeah, can. Thank saying, you. Thank you. Leave another. Rocky Raccoon. Um, <laughs> I will say though, real quick, I lost half my winnings that night because my uh, my son lost his tooth, yeah. and we were uh, on the you know in Richmond, and I had. The only cash I had on me was from you. Cash so, is a weird thing these days. Yeah. Like you can't Venmo your kid is is too very <laughs> money. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to put that give him that five dollars. So and then I spent the rest on arcade games. Well, I'll just say you're welcome to uh our boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope he gets his wish for his his tooth. Do you get wishes for tooth or just the money? Is the money it's the just, wish? The money is it's just a fairy that comes and leaves money. I feel like you should be able to get a wish, too. Seems like a two for let's, one. I, I say let's throw it in. Mm. From now on, a Google wish. That? I don't think you make the rules. And the money. Hold on, hold on. Real quick. Do two fairies grant wishes? No. They grant monies. Uh, uh, hold on. According to this website, Tooth Fairies grant the wishes of anyone who is kind, generous, and caring. So you have to be those three mm. things. Is Rye fit under this? She also loves <laughs> healthy teeth. That makes sense. Yeah. I think, it, I, yeah, I think that would uh, make sense. <laughs> I like it. Let's Look go with that. it. More right. positivity. Meg. Less negativity. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Anyways. All right. Yeah. Uh, I also will thank people for their patience as we get the sweatshirts in for grit. Um, we it, sent out a, yeah, a we decent sent, amount. Yeah. We sent out uh, a lot of, of what we were able to get from the screen printer already. Uh, so we're just waiting on the other stuff. Appreciate your patience. You're going to love the swag once it arrives. So hang in there. We would send you the stuff that we have now, except for that would like cost us thousands and thousands of dollars to double ship everything. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being cool. For sure. Anything else? That's it. All right. Have a great week and stick around for the hidden track. Bye. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>